This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters! Welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing good. It feels like it's been ages since I've seen or spoken to you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, eight days. You went to uh, New Orleans this week. Yeah, New, so excuse me, New, New Orleans, New, not New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. So I have um, apparently I have great luck FPL wise with plane travel. So the last time I was on a plane was uh, during the uh, season was coming back from Scotland. It was right the start of game week two, and I ended up getting I think forty three points from Manchester United. Right, captain's uh, lots on Luke yeah, Shaw. Yeah, Luke Shaw assist, clean sheet. David De Gea in there, and so <laughs> as I'm waiting in the airport this uh, past weekend to come home from New Orleans. Uh, we're going to say New Orleans like a different way, I think, every time I say it. <laughs> uh, the whole Alonzo thing was unfolding. Right. So Amazing. I think I just have to uh, take a bus to the airport every game week from, from now on. Yeah. It, we, I mean, it was always possible for Alonzo to have a game like that. But uh, two and one, I mean, it's it, what I actually thought when he scored the second goal Besides the fact that I was completely screwed not having Alonso, uh, that the, being completely screwed was the first thought that into my head. Actually, the second thought was, it's amazing that keeper the people don't get two goals in a clean sheet more often. I mean, given how many defenders there are out there who have some scoring prowess, you'd think that just occasionally, you know, I mean, Leighton Baines is like the likeliest candidate because he's on penalties, but just in general, you'd think, you know, a a defender, I mean, I know it's happened before, but it doesn't happen very often. And uh, certainly not among a player that's, that's owned by that many people. You know, I I don't think even Ivanovich, like in the height of his FPL heyday was ever a two goal game, clean sheet player. I think he has, I think they were talking about these stats for Chelsea before. And Ivanovich has actually scored two goals in a game uh, before clean sheet, okay. clean sheet, uncertain. We'll have to, we'll have to go look at the stats. 
or something. Look at box scores. <laughs> Before we get into all that, all the game week talk, Josh, I wanted to share a quick human interest story with you that comes from our listener, Jim Payne. And uh, Jim said it was cool if I, I shared this on the pod. I meant to do it last week, but I'm such a busy guy, Josh. I, I've, it slipped my mind. Sure. All these trips to the Big Easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Jim wrote us and he, he uh, says, hey, how you doing? And uh, he shares this story. Uh, this is Jim talking, Josh. Uh-huh. My hearing has been bad for a while, not because I'm old, but the result of young men in the military and government service thinking they're invincible and not wearing the hearing protection provided when around loud explosions. This week, so I guess now we're talking like two weeks ago, my wife talked me into getting my hearing tested and they outfitted me with a pair of Bluetooth-enabled hearing aids, which lets me stream directly from my phone into my ears. The doctor asked me to test it out with my phone and... The first voices I heard were from your latest podcast. Wow, that's amazing! <laughs> it is kind I, of an. Amazing I story. I didn't see this email, and I'm really I'm 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 very touched, Mr. Payne, <laughs> yeah. a Patreon supporter no less. Yeah, yeah, I, I I know all of the always cheating listeners out there are near and dear to our heart, but that uh, was really cool for Jim to share that. Uh, Jim so, Payne was like our first fan, sort of. You know, <laughs> he was like the first guy who like ever sent us like a tweet saying, "Hey, nice podcast," and we had. <laughs> Like when you and I were the two listeners of the podcast. So yeah. uh, thank you, Jim. Right. So game week 21, uh, do we want to go through uh, what our what our point totals were and, and the and the damage done or uh, not done? Not particularly. No, uh, I don't care if I don't talk about my game week at all. Um, I so let's see. I got 10 points from Christian Erickson to start the game week. You had you actually it was a weird start to the game week because I got 10 and you had minus three. And I was like, this could be a strange game week. Yeah. The Macaulay own goal. It was, it was, yeah, not good. And the I, I slept through most of that uh, game and it was not good <laughs> news to wake up to. Yeah. Uh, and then I just, I, it wasn't a great week and I don't really want to talk about it. I mean, it wasn't horrible. I mean, I, I have enough players who did well and then I got a couple of clean sheets and I have Zlatan and Desard and Erickson, but uh, just so many, Highly owned players that I don't own had explosive scores, and uh, I mean it was it was such a swingy game week that I mean it was you know it was possible for t- it was the kind of game week that you really dream of, especially if you're if you're it wasn't a game week for differential options. I'll say that much. If you have a, if you have a very strong team full of the the top performers, and I don't mean that in any kind of derogatory way, uh, it was an amazing game week and and very possible to have a hundred points or more. Uh, if you don't have those players or at least kind of all of them, right? Yeah, like it, right. <laughs> then it was a pretty tough game week. I mean, yeah, it's the kind it of game was, week, it was where, a week where you know, 75, you're kind of disappointed. Yeah. I was just going to say the exact same thing. I finished on 71 points and it's, I, I got a few red arrows. It, uh, I, I, that's well above average. Average points for the week was 40 and right. uh, that. Uh, it's it's hard to explain that one because it looks like everyone uh, ranked highly, did really well, was pushing a hundred points or or ninety yeah. around there. It was a great week for managers who are really um, at like the top of their. Li- it was like if you're a if you're a manager in first, second, or third place in your league, you probably did even better this game week. Sorry, by the way, if you can hear a baby in the background. Oh, uh, that my, my wife, so cute. Yeah, my wife's uh, putting putting the baby to sleep right now, so uh, you might hear. A little, a little noise in the background. That's, time. that's, that's the that's, a that's podcast verite that people come to always <laughs> cheating right. for. 
That's right. So uh, let's look at it this way, Josh. FPL Stato reached out to us on Twitter and says, does this season make you think more or less luck is involved in FPL success compared to previous seasons? So it's been very up and down week to week, and uh, there have been a lot of uh, decisions made with, uh, I guess, without any hindsight that that backfired for for both of us anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling about luck this season? Or, or I mean, it, uh, my feeling is there is luck every season, and this is, yeah, it's just the way it goes. It's part of the yeah, game. Exactly. It's you only remember the times when luck went against you. You know, it's when 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 you have a lucky game week, or you know, you're playing someone in a head to head, and you win by one point because of a you know, an assist that shouldn't have been credited your player, you know, like we've all, we've all benefited from good luck and you immediately forget about it. Uh, but an unlucky moment can stick with you over five or six seasons. I mean, I can, I can recall things like Gareth Bale braces on boxing day in 2013 that cost my team, you know, like it's like, I, I can go so deep on this stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I don't think I've had a lot of luck this year. And I think that every time I have taken a risk, uh, it has, completely blown up in my face. Yeah. Uh, so that's not fun. You know, it hasn't been a fun season for me. Uh, doing the pod has been fun and interacting with people has been a lot of fun and talking about it. Everything about the season has been fun, uh, except my actual performance of my actual team. And, (laughs) Um, you know, and whatever, you know, I mean, I'm sort of over it, you know, like I'm not, I'm not over the game, but I'm just over having a bad season. Uh, it's just, I, I know that I'm capable of having really good seasons. Um, and I've done it before and it just looks like this isn't one of those years. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, I mean, like I could trot out excuses, but so could anybody else, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I, I don't think, I think that this is a season where, um, skill, I, I think it is a good season for people who are, who are playing a very skilled game. I mean, you look at someone like Luke Shaw, you know, or not Luke Shaw, uh, Luke Funchot, um on Twitter, you know, and um, Luke I mean, Shaw's having a terrible season. Let's be Luke clear, Shaw, a very, very unlucky <laughs> season. But you know, someone like Luke Funchot on Twitter is, I mean, every week he is talking about, you know, the player he's going to bring in or why he's kept in this player, and he's just he's invariably right, you know. He's made great decisions, and I feel like a lot of actually he might have captained Aguero like I did this game week. So you know, <laughs> but <laughs> but in general, but there are I think there are a lot of manager, a lot of people on Twitter, and I mean we could just run through or, or, or you know or wherever you know um, Reddit and you know uh, Facebook whatever um, who are like really thinking about the game and you know got on Chelsea defenders early, you know got on Alexis Sanchez early, got on. You know Matt Phillips and Junior Stanislaw and any number of players. So I, to me, for me to say that 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 luck is a bigger factor this year would be kind of unfair to those managers. I think so. You know, uh, what do you think? I totally agree with you. For me, uh, laziness actually benefited me uh, more <laughs> than luck this week because I we talked extensively about Nathan Ake last week and how I had four Chelsea players and. I was just kind of hemming and hawing, also enjoying a, a heck of a good time in New Orleans. And <laughs> is that a different way of pronouncing it? And I, I did, I didn't know what to do until the Diego Costa news broke, and I thought, yeah. 
perfect. I can get rid of a third Chelsea player who just happens to be Diego Costa. Now, of course, uh, we need to talk about this whole game coming up in game week 22, (laughs) which we are not. Yeah. It's not clear if Costa is going to play or not. It was just such an easy solution that you you didn't know if he was going to come back for Hall. I mean, it's still not clear if he is, right? So, yeah, uh, I would I would have done the same thing. I probably would have made the same move. I might have brought in Kane, but uh, that might be his hat trick talking, you know, it's, you know, yeah. how it is when, it, when a player does really well in your head, you're like, I would have brought him in. That would have been the move. I <laughs> I think I, I agree. And Kane was intriguing, but you just stack the fixtures. Well, you could have an argument about Kane being fixture proof, but you're looking at the upcoming fixtures for Spurs just immediately compared to Arsenal and Giroud just looked much better. And now they have yeah. Burnley in game week 22, where Spurs are away to Man City. Now, Spurs clobbered Man City earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, after, yeah, yeah, the Man City game would have been enough. Although, God, I mean, after that Everton game, uh, I mean, I, I could do a whole podcast on that Man City-Everton game. I would happily – I could do a week's worth of podcast. I could do a daily podcast <laughs> where I just I just talked from 9 a.m. Like a, like a work shift. I could do like a 35-hour, one-hour lunch break work shift where I just talked about how shitty Man City looked in that game. <laughs> it and was I could bananas. I could do it for 30-plus 30, 30 hours. It, it was, was totally been they the, that team hates to play together. I mean, <laughs> I have never seen a group of players who loathe each other more than that Man City team. They kind of always hated playing together, even when they were winning titles. You no, know, that what happened to the Silva Aguero connection? I mean, it's what happened to that whole team. It just looks ridiculous. And now you have Pablo Zabaleta as this like roaming midfielder. <laughs> I mean, it was completely <laughs> absurd. It made no sense. He sucked. I mean, he, he was, and you know, it, Yaya. Tori gave the I, I said on Twitter it was like he was setting the record for I think it was 50 giveaways in the first half I and mean, every time he had the ball it fell off his foot I mean mm-hmm. he looked he looked every single one of his 47 years in that game so it was it was not a fun match to watch especially when every other manager like every captain option performed this week except Sergio Aguero and uh, it made me feel kind of dumb you like come on <laughs> just, like just just have you know just captain Ibra or, you know, or, or, or Christian Eriksen or just, why did I have to like take this out of form player and this team that hates playing together? You know, it was just, it was very, uh, well, I think you're prone. I think you're prone to, and other managers are thinking about this in game week 21. Like, are you behind? How far are you behind? And now you're really zeroing in on what punts can really help you cover a hundred, 150 points in your mini league. So, well, that's, yeah, that was the thinking certainly, but, uh, I, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate for me, uh, that it blew up so comprehensively and it, you know, and it was kind of even more annoying cause like all, all those other managers were like, yeah, I wouldn't touch a where the 10 foot pole were like, yeah, this is why, you know, cause he's looks completely washed up. I mean, he could, you know, he could barely keep the ball on his foot. You know, it's just the whole, the whole team was like, I don't know what, I don't know if they're practicing with, with like medicine balls or something. Like it was, <laughs> they, I mean, Pep Guardiola doesn't seem like the type of manager that really instills fun and, and team camaraderie. Yeah. He's, I, no, I, I, don't, I really don't know what to make of Pep's performance no. on the sideline there where he was no, they, so disengaged. 
They hate each other and they hate their manager. And uh, it definitely showed in that match. I mean, they got destroyed by Everton's B squad. I mean, if Tom everyone... Davies was like cutting through them like a knife. It was incredible. And some 13 year old never even heard of scored with like <laughs> fourth minute of extra time. It was I'm watching. I was watching this. I felt like I was going to throw up. That's how that's how <laughs> disgusted I was with this game. All right. Let's let's move on. You know, right, that's you're having you're having yeah. a meltdown. So let's have an official always cheating meltdown of the week. This week, it comes from Eric Forsh. He tweeted at us, said, score of 70 is great, except when you have Aspilicueta instead of Alonso in your team. Uh, yeah, that's got to be devastating. So you're trading Aspilicueta, like a rare non-bonus point game for Dave. And yeah, devas- devastating is a little strong. I mean, you still got the clean sheet. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's only fi- it's a 15 point difference. It's, it's a lot and it's not, you know, <laughs> it's a it's a mini meltdown for Eric. it's almost it's almost a humble brag. It's like right on the cusp. <laughs> and that's what everyone knows the rules. There are no humble brags allowed and always cheating social media thread or on this you podcast. Can, you're, allowed, you're allowed to brag. You just can't humble brag. All right. All right well, let's brag. Let's do some real bragging for uh, our Hail Cheaters Super League. Uh, you want to run through the top 10, Josh? I will. Uh, all right. Like top we got a 10. new number one here. Yeah, we do have a new number one. Patrick Connolly eat the kapoo. With 94 points. It's huge. I checked on Patrick's team. He is ranked 400 overall in the world. Wow. So. That's fantastic. Yeah, well done, Patrick. It's amazing that 399 managers are able to do better, Not by, like, and they're not part of the podcast network. I mean, how, how do they do it, Brandon? Is it just, they they're must all, be dead teams. They're all dead teams, exactly. <laughs> Patrick Connolly is the is, is number one overall if you, if you only count active managers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, number two is uh, a new Patreon supporter. Thank you, Bjart. Bjart. Bjart Wath Helgeson. I hope I got close on that, Bjart. Uh, Reykjavik runners, uh, a fixture in the top 10 this season uh, with 81 points. He's in second place. Uh, the Wire, Keelan McCardle, uh, with 92 points in third. Uh, A-team, Arshwan Batwal, another guy who's been hanging on the top 10 uh, most of the year. Uh, in fourth, uh, the Cuddly Koalas, David Fellheim. Uh, David, your pins are in the mail. Uh, is in fifth place. Uh, I don't know how long they're going to take to get there. Like, <laughs> give it like it's like international shipment. So give it like six weeks. It's a slow uh, boat. We, yeah, we need we need a European vendor for, uh, for the, the next <laughs> exactly. round of these. Uh, okay, Yozy G is in sixth. Uh, creamy Brian O'Shea. I think it's a new name in the top ten. Brian, I would have remembered Creamy. I do not remember Creamy. Now maybe Brian changed his name. And Fifty Shades of O'Shea, which I I like. Uh, it's not even really a, it's not even really a pun. I just I just like it. It kind of uh, rhymes with gray, Josh. Fifty Shades <laughs> of O'Shea. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe an Irish. Uh, Sean Mulhall is uh, in eighth. Uh, Mitch Maynard, uh, BTSTU, in ninth, and Juve Gott's friend uh, Keir Randall is in tenth with hundred and twenty-two points. My Dang, God, son. Well done. Well done indeed. Uh, so what we're going to do in this episode of the podcast is kind of just a, a front-to-back look at all of the uh, issues with strikers, midfielders, and defense. We've got a few teams, like notably Everton, with a great run of fixtures coming up, and it looks like they're finally in good form. And, of course, Spurs is Spurs and Chelsea are, are um, forever in the front of our minds. So we'll talk, we'll talk about our teams back to front. And then we have a few other questions to get to, and, uh, that's your podcast. So we'll preview game week 22. All right, let's do it. Same old pod. 
All right, we're back. And Josh, let's talk about strikers. Eric Medbo on Twitter says, please help us make sense of the forward situation. It makes my head spin. So we touched upon uh, Aguero, which is kind of turning into a, a blip uh, at the moment. Like people have immediately lost interest in him based on Man City's form. But I wanted right. to look at strikers, our top tier strikers and our second tier strikers, because we have some new guys in that uh, third striker range that are coming into view now. So if I'm thinking about first tier, we have to pick between these heavy hitters, Ibra, Kane, Giroud, Lukaku, Aguero, and Costa. Now, there are big question yeah. marks next to a couple of those guys. Right. And then, Costa, I think. Sh- oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, and then you, just you to, go. <laughs> no, you go. No, you go. Uh, and then second tier, Andy Carroll. Like, holy crap! One of the best bicycle kicks you ever hope to see over the weekend. Um, I can see him coming into a lot of people's teams as a third striker. And Peter Crouch, uh, if you're looking to play a three-five-two or a four-four-two, maybe Peter Crouch is a good guy to stick on your bench at four point eight million pounds. And then Rondon West. Brom is one of these teams that has a crazy good run of fixtures coming up. And, of course, Defoe, you have to talk about Defoe. So, Josh, how are you feeling about strikers right now? Are you thinking about dumping Aguero uh, right away well, after that disgusting performance? Well, okay, I, I, I kind of want to. I feel like I have to play it out a little bit longer now. I mean, just given I – mean, so Spurs, now, I, you know, it depends on how much stock you put in historical performance. Historically, Aguero has done very well against uh, Spurs. Uh, after they play West Ham and Swans, I, I don't really know. I, I don't know what to do right now, actually. I mean, if I guess if, if, if you told me that there was – that, you know, that Diego Costa was back and ready to play uh, by the Saturday – I maybe wanted to just straight up dump Aguero like immediately yeah. and just move Aguero to Costa for that whole match. Uh, as it is, I feel like uh, I'll probably stick with him. I mean, I'd love to have him for the uh, uh, that Swansea match. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it's hard to watch that. To see a team play as poor as Man City, as poorly as Man City, in the thought of owning any of those players is kind of off-putting. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's... I one assumes that they will not play this poorly all season. I mean, they had a great run from was October, November. They didn't lose a match. I think you know it was like there was it's some a stretch. Jekyll, you know, there's a Jekyll and Hyde thing there too because just the other week they demolished Hull in the in their uh, cup match. I think four 0 was the right. scoreline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's you know it's, it's just hard to say. Um, but I, I don't know how you could rank him above any of these. You know, I, I, certainly Ibra, Ibra and Kane are sort of the 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 two fixtures, like the, like the two strikers, really seem to stand like a just head and shoulders above everybody else. You know, Ebert because his form, he's been so consistent the last ten game weeks or so. Uh, Kane because he's he's had a couple explosive game weeks, but he's also about to enter a really great run. We talked about this a little bit last week, but after the Man City match, they have just a great run of fixtures that really goes on for a, like about thirteen weeks. I mean, yeah. right through like game week thirty four or something yeah. like that. So uh, you can really just have Kane and and hold and you know I, I right now only have one uh one Spurs player I have Erickson but I'm really thinking about trying to try to triple up on Spurs players for the course of the next couple of weeks and yeah me too I have yeah none. I had Walker for the the first part of the season and yeah I'm I'm feeling very exposed at not having any Spurs players 
So I, I, I mean, I may be in a situation where I have to just play a wild card at some point soon. Um, there's a great interview on the Fantasy of All Scout website with the current number one in the world. I shared it on our Twitter page and our, page and our Facebook page, uh, but it's it's a great. I, I really, I, I unfortunately I can't remember his name, but uh, it's the, the interview is fantastic. He really talks about uh, just thinking about each single game week's points. And doing everything you can to maximize points in any particular game week because, you know, in the end, it's it's the season goes by fast. And if you're always thinking five game weeks ahead and you're neglecting the current game week to plan for the long term, then you're just you're ultimately costing yourself points in sort of the in the totality of the season uh, by constantly putting, you know, putting tomorrow and, you know, in front of today. So, um you know, but but I think that idea applies to wild cards too. Where I, I waited too long, like you know, last season I played a wild card maybe game week thirty three or thirty four, and it was just too late for me to really come back and and win my my mini league that year because um, there were only five weeks left in the season. You know, I would have needed to outscore the players above me by like a hundred points. You know, and so the only way I could do that would have been to start ten weeks before. You know, and wild card in game week twenty four or twenty five or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was, I was thinking, I was trying to maximize points in a, in a little, like a little run of double game weeks instead of thinking about like a 14 week stretch of game weeks. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that, that's kind of as an aside, um, totally, <laughs> totally off topic here. Uh, yeah. So I think Ibrahim Kane, so Costa, I guess he's, he, you just have to put like a incomplete next to his name, right? Yeah. Because, we need more news. James McCauley on Twitter says, what do we make of the Costa situation? Hold or sell? And, if you if you've held him uh, through game week twenty one, you've got to hold him for that whole match. Just hold your transfer because right. I think your whole game week could hinge upon uh, Conte's press conference coming up. And if he says Costa and I are friends again, he's not going to China. He will play against Hull. Then you'll be so happy you have him. But right. If, if he right. doesn't, I, yeah, I feel like Costa needs to be traded in stat for for one of these informed guys. Now let me ask you this. TJ on Twitter says Kane or Lukaku. Say you're playing your wild card or you're just making a striker transfer this week, Josh. Who are you going Kane. for? Yeah, Kane, Kane, definitely. Yeah. I mean, look at Everton's fixtures, though. They've got coming up Crystal Palace, Stoke, Bournemouth, Middlesbrough, Sunderland before they hit Spurs in game week 27. If I mean, if we're comparing, you know, Lukaku to almost any other player, then yeah. I would go with Lukaku. But comparing Lukaku to Kane... Uh, I like Kane's form. I like Kane's fixtures. And um, now, interestingly enough, God, I mean, I actually don't think that Kane is the most valuable player in his team, though. I think that uh, in terms of fantasy, I think that the defenders, because of the price point there, I'd actually think I would I, if I was building up a, a Spurs team, like a, like a, a fantasy team with Spurs players, I would actually think I would think I would start with the midfield. I would bring in one of Erickson or. Um, or Alley, yeah. and then I'd bring in a defender. Then I'd bring in Kane. Maybe I, I, I don't know. I have to think this through a little more. But, <laughs> but then you just get you're getting such good value for money right now. I mean, you can still get those those Spurs midfielders in the eight point five million range, and the Tottenham defenders aren't that expensive either. No, they're I not. mean, you know, yeah, they're they're affordable. Uh, they're all like what in the low sixes right now. I mean, even. You know, I mean, maybe okay. Let's see. I think Kyle Walker is maybe up to like six three or something like that. But Which you know, he started it's not, the it's not, season at five five. It's incredible. He's been just accruing value over the whole season. Yeah, Kyle Walker is six point one. Danny Rose is six million. Toby Alderweireld is six point three. I mean, these are 
just great buys. I mean, yeah. given given the run that's that's happening right now, I think you absolutely need to have a Spurs defender. So um, yeah, so but I think that you know Kane is he's he's part of that too, and I really think this team can win the league. Actually, I mean, interesting, yeah. interesting shout. Yeah, I, I just. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I guess it depends on what happens with Costa and Chelsea, but I mean, I, I love the way they play together and you know, they kind of have the experience of last year where they were right there and they, yeah. they, they couldn't quite get over the hump, but that was a very young team and, yeah. uh, you know, a little more experience. They don't have any depth, you know, and if they decide to take the Europa league seriously, then, um, then they're probably screwed because like someone will invariably pick up someone, like someone will Charlie Austin it basically, you know, <laughs> last, last match and 20 minutes in, they'll pick up a, you know, dislocated shoulder or something. Every title winning team has to have a dud fantasy asset like uh, Conte for Leicester last year. I think Victor Wanyama has really helped Spurs this season. Yeah. Kind of as an aside. All right. Yeah. Last, last striker question. I uh, was made to immediately regret this Giroud transfer. Now, granted, Giroud scores a goal, but in classic Arsenal f- fashion, he, he makes you happy, but at the same time picks up a very mysterious injury. <laughs> Were you watching this game where he scores the goal and, and instead of celebrating, he motions to the bench that he needs to be subbed out? <laughs> I did see that. And then he proceeds to play the rest of the half and for um, – In the 59th minute, I know, he went out. Glorious. And then, of course, uh, Wenger is being really cagey about uh, the extent of the injury. He said it doesn't look too bad. But an Arsenal player with an injury that doesn't look too bad could mean that they're basically an Abu, D- Abu Dhabi I know. I, I I thought that was uh, that was very weird overall. I, I really don't know what's uh, what the story is with him. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, was, I'm concerned. I I think I might want to just shift Giroud out uh, immediately. Um, maybe I, I I gamble with Giroud this game week and then turn try to turn him into Kane for um, for game week 23 when Spurs have uh, who Spurs have Sunderland. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. So, uh, yeah, Giroud, I kind of feel for anyone who has him right now. Um, I mean, if he's, if he's fit, then I think that that looks decent for the Burnley game. Well, how are you feeling about Giroud? Well, the the problem with Giroud is that he was never, I I suppose he became more of a consistent starter because he was doing so much for that team, but there was always a little bit of risk with him anyway. Um, you know, I mean, Alexis Sanchez is the one player you really need to have on that team and, he might be the only player really need to have in that team, yeah, to be honest. Right, right. So Tom Butcher says, would you take a hit to bring in Giroux, if fit, and Alexis for Aguero and Siggy? So if you're just saying Alexis is kind of like your, it sounds like Alexis is the must-have of those four, Giroux, Alexis, Aguero, and Siggy. I don't think I'd bring in Giroux. I mean, the, the, yeah, I mean, I guess, it, okay, if fit. Uh, for Aguero and Siggy. Maybe Lukaku and Alexis, if the prices yeah. fit there. Yeah, but that's... I mean, Lukaku's almost a million more expensive, isn't he? Yeah. That might not be, that might not be possible. I don't know. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, to, to upgrade a Siggy to Alexis would be a huge move. I mean, assuming Alexis is even, like, on this team in a month. Like, I thought it was weird. Okay, so there was, like, a little bit... I guess I started, like, a little bit of a ruckus on Twitter... Uh, a couple <laughs> couple of days ago, but somebody somebody posted a photo of Alexis like basically hanging his head in disgust when he was pulled from a four nothing match. Uh, oh yeah, he pulled his jacket yeah. up over his head and wouldn't show his face. He was and pouting and stuff, and people he were like, even "Sit in a chair." That was what frustrated me most. Sit in a chair, man. It was. We're like, oh, he's he, he's such a gamer. He's such a gamer. It's like, you know, like. 
the guy they subbed on, you know, who 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 did they sub on? I think it was I think it was like Lucas Perez. Like, what about Luke? What about Lucas Perez, man? Like, let the guy play ten minutes. You already. <laughs> <laughs> you scored already. Like you're up four nothing. Like it's it is a team game. You know? I, have, like, I have played. I guess what most of our listeners would refer to as Sunday league, just like co-ed rec league uh, soccer, like off on the pier here in New York. And there are guys on those teams where they won't even look at the sidelines because they're not coming off. That's their one <laughs> one day a week where they get to go out there and be a man. And, you know, if you get stuck on the sideline, you can't even get back in the game because these guys, um, they're just out there um, just to play themselves. And Alexis, you would not want to be on a Sunday league team with Alexis because you'd never get in. Oh, you would never get in. No, no, I, I totally agree. <laughs> All right, so we're we're kind of transitioning to midfielders here as we talk. So let's move into talk, num, topic number two, midfielders. Alexis Quintella uh, has a good transition. He tweeted at us, stick with three premium strikers or two and have premium mids. So I, I'm intrigued more and more every week by the idea of moving to a two-striker formation. And yeah. I, you must be softening on this idea, Josh. There are <laughs> yeah, there, all I, these midfielders stacking up like Erickson and Ali. And now Coutinho is back. Liverpool midfielders should be performing a little better. I am softening on the uh, three, five, two form. It, it makes a lot of sense, uh, especially, you know, if, if Alexis will not leave a match until he scores, then uh, <laughs> it certainly makes him a great. That does seem to be the contingency. Like I'm, if I score, you can. Well, you can take me up. I won't. I won't like it, but you can. You can. You can take me up. So I mean, yeah. And with Liverpool midfielders coming back, you know, especially with Coutinho, uh, you know, arriving, I, I would assume he'll start this weekend. He'll, like he's he's ready to to start yeah. finally. Yeah. Definitely. So you know, with with Coutinho back, it should, should click that whole attack into place. So yeah, I think that there's a you know decent there's an argument for it. I mean, I, I think you could go with a more expensive, you know, three man forward line too. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I guess uh, I'm, I'm a little torn in it. What about you? I agree. I see it both ways. And it it's going to depend on if I think Lukaku and Giroud can keep up their form. And if either of those guys can, then you can easily make that case for three premium strikers. Yeah. Um, like if you had Ibra, Kane, and Lukaku for the next uh, the next month, I think that would you'd be looking pretty good. Right. Uh, but I, I I think more so share the concerns that I want Spurs midfield coverage, I want Liverpool midfield coverage, and I want Alexis. And I still have Hazard. Both of us have Hazard right now. And uh, just leading into this midfielder discussion, you um, want to have it all, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> so there seemed to be, even though I captained Sanchez here in game week 21, and, and that was fine. I, I, he, he somehow got three bonus points um, after being largely invisible until he scored his goal. Um, but people seem really uh, aggravated by the non-explosive form of Hazard and Sanchez. Now you look. Well, at I mean, I mean, Hazard. Uh, you know, I mean, this guy. It's all potential with him. What does he have? Two, two goals and two assists in the last nine game weeks. I mean, he's done nothing. Yeah. You know, and there's this idea that he is. He's always. He's always just about to break out. You know, and it's like he keeps like feeding us these like little 
pebbles to like keep us going. You know, there's like little, that's a little, that's a little taste of, of an Azar performance. And, and then everyone's like, no, no, I've got to, I've got to keep him. I've got to, obviously you got to hold him for a whole this game week. Right. But then like two weeks from then you're like, well, obviously I've got to hold him for a way to Bournemouth. And, you know, he just keeps, you know, continues to pick up like either two points or six points or three or, you know, very occasionally 10. I mean, he's not worth his price though. I think, I think we mentioned this before our friend, Stephanie Anderson, who's in our, uh, private FPL league with us. She wrote about Hazard. He is like the two lines in the grocery store and you keep switching the line <laughs> to get in the faster one. But when you switch, the other line is moving faster. And that's just how that's Hazard great. is. That, that's that feeling that you can yeah. never quite get there. So, uh, Sushan on Twitter, speaking of midfielders, says stick with Ali or get Coutinho for a week. P.S. What do you think about the Sherlock finale? Are you a Sherlock fan, Josh? I am, and I did, I did see the finale last night. I've only uh, seen the first episode of the, uh, okay. the new season, so I'm, I'm not there right. yet. I'll take the second question first. Uh, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoyed the Sherlock finale. It was almost too intense. It, it is like very. It is it is not a funny episode of the show. It is like a harrowing, terrifying episode. Uh, I'm telling you, it is like the most intense Sherlock episode you've ever seen. Uh, so I enjoyed it. I thought that the second one, the second of the trilogy, I really liked the more, Toby more Jones. More tense episode. than when he shot that guy in the face at the end of the last season. Yeah, I think so. I actually hate the ending of that. Like yeah, was that was so the weird. least clever way to end it. Like, oh, he can't figure it out. Just shoot him in the face. <laughs> uh, and then have him feel bad about it for a year or whatever. It was like it's uh-huh. so, it kind of weak. Uh, but no, uh, the whole the whole this whole last season has been pretty solid. Uh, the the middle one is my favorite though with uh, with Toby Jones. So. Uh, Toby Jones. Uh, Do you ever you ever watch the fantastic. show? We talked. We'll talk TV. Toby Jones uh, all day. Have you watched The Detectorist? It's on Netflix, and it's this um, show about Toby Jones and the guy who um, plays the um, Garrett, I think, in the uh, British office. Uh-huh. Uh, and they just do um, metal detecting in this field off in the, the British countryside. No, it sounds it's, great, though. It's, it's funny and heartwarming, and I highly recommend everyone watch The Detectorist. Now, Ollie or Coutinho? Yeah, to me, it's crazy that it would even be suggested. I mean, I I like Sushan, but come on. I mean, <laughs> Ali has six goals and one assist in the last four game weeks. I mean, you know, we we don't really. I mean, you know, I, I get the value proposition, like you know, sell high with Ali, mm-hmm. but uh, given given the run of form that uh, given well given their form, but given the run of fixtures that Spurs have, I think you've got to stick with Ali. Yeah, it sounds like Sushant is suggesting that maybe he goes Coutinho for 22 and Ali is going up against City. But if I remember correctly, it was the Deli Ali and Hungman Son show against City earlier this season. Also, if I remember correctly, City's defense completely sucks. <laughs> so I don't know what he's worried about. That might be the weirdest defense in the league. Claudio Bravo faces four <laughs> shots and lets in four goals. I think that they were given, Everton was given strict instructions to shoot it hard and low. The man cannot get get to his feet. <laughs> How can we be in the middle of January and they are, they have not replaced any one of their 45 year old fullbacks. <laughs> like they, Gail cliche is in his sixties and, uh, who's he, to his credit, he looks pretty good for a 62 year old man. Bak- 
Bakary Sanya just got his AARP card in the mail. I mean, that, that guy is – he is he actually plays with a cane. I didn't even realize you could play with a cane. Like he can be used <laughs> as a weapon, but he, he daughters around in a cane. I mean that – and then you've got Zabaleta who is dead and somehow he's still playing that it's spot. It's like so. weekend at Zabaleta's. They're, they sort of like <laughs> prop him up in the field like he's alive. It's so weird. Yeah, so – uh, can you tell I'm a little down on this Man City team right now? I, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Freddie Brown on Twitter, he uh, says, is Hazard basically Coutinho, i.e. should I swap Hazard out for him? If so, when? So it's more sort of Coutinho anxiety. And I think it's yeah, – I, th- I think you could swap Hazard out for Coutinho like once the next game week starts. You know, I mean, I, I don't. You really can't take out Hazard before this home fixture of Hull, right? No, <laughs> my absolutely voice, not. My voice got very breathy there. Hull, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, the Tigers, the Hull Tigers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Home, to, home to Hull. You want every Chelsea player you can you can bring in, but uh, I think after that, uh, yeah, get rid of them. I mean, it, it, it's just not worth the money, you know. And uh, for ten million, you just need more than he's delivering, which is. Uh, just, you know, one goal every five game weeks, you know, it's just not enough. Yeah. I think everyone's kind of freaking out about pole going into the Swansea match, but I think it remains to be seen what Liverpool is now because they, they, they still are a ways from getting back to that lineup that was just murdering team after team. Cause now, even though they have Coutinho back, they're missing Mane, who's at African cup of nations. So I think that you still aren't going to see that a like that machine-like precision that uh, they had earlier in the season just yet. So I'm not going to get. I'm not yeah. getting too excited about Coutinho just yet. Doesn't it seem like this Liverpool player, this Liverpool squad, is one player short? Like if they if they just find someone to fill to play that striker role, then this team is a league-winning team. I mean, I, I don't think it's. I don't, I don't think they can actually win the league this year, but I think next year they definitely could if they keep everybody because. I, I don't even know who that would be. I mean, it could be like a like a can you imagine like Alexis Sanchez on this Liverpool team? Oh, God. with like with other players, that'd be, be unbelievable. Insane. They would be the fastest team on the planet. They yeah. also have a, a few yeah. defensive issues that they might need to work out. This Anderson was his, was his name Anderson. Whoever sixty six is that they Anderson. Right. He's back in the league. <laughs> I loved Anderson. Yeah, Fat Anderson from Manchester <laughs> United. <laughs> I mean, this is really young guy who was playing right back for uh, Liverpool. He did not look good at all against United. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that was Fat Anderson. Uh, I don't. Even, that guy's not even on the team. I don't even see him on here. I'd probably. Oh wait, uh, Alexander Arnold. Yeah, that that's the of? guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I was in the ballpark. All these A names. <laughs> Trent Alexander Arnold is his name. Uh, all right. So um, other options uh, for your midfield. The transfer window is still open, Josh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ongoing. Are you making any moves? This game week? No, I'm just saying, like, are you, is your club looking to bring in anybody in the transfer window? I'm joking. In Poch, Trust <laughs> sent us a message about um, some midfielders that have been shifted around during this window. So Morgan Schneiderlin on Everton. Uh, these are all fifth midfielders, right? So uh, sure. bench, bench, bench fodder. Schneiderlin, Cleverly, who who made a move to Watford, another interesting chapter in the life that is Tom Cleverly's, and uh-huh. uh, Joey Barton, <clears throat> priced at four point five mil uh, at Burnley. Okay, 
Bart, Barton, no. Uh, cleverly, no. Uh, cleverly because he kind of sucks, but he also can't stay healthy. Uh, Barton because he's he's older than a Manchester City fullback. And uh, Schneiderlin, I kind of like at 4.6. Yeah, like if, you, if you're wild carding, you know, and like Everton had like a double game week coming up or something, wouldn't you like to have Schneiderlin as your fifth? Yeah, he was a fifth midfielder for me many seasons ago um, back in the, the pomp of his Southampton days. And, you know, he collects an odd goal here or there. And in that particular system he was playing, and he was able to get forward. Um, he he looked a little rusty when he subbed on into that City game. But yeah. I, I do see them. I'm, I'm wondering who how they shifted around for Schneiderlin. Does that mean I'm that... Thinking the, thinking the same thing. Does Gareth Barry take a seat? I mean, Barry has had a pretty good season, all things considered. He's been one of their yeah. better midfielders. Do you play him a little further forward, maybe? I mean, I, I, I mean, could he play as like more of a number... I, I don't think they would actually play him as like a, a Ross Barkley, you know, kind of number 10 or something like that. But um, I don't know. Like, I, I think they could play him more like further forward. I think he's got the, the ability. He's, he's the Etienne Capu that Everton fans have always wanted. <laughs> uh, oh, well, four points, 4.6 million though. You don't need much, you know, yeah. you, you, you need a, a player who can occasionally fill in for you. And, uh, we, I mean, I think he had like a brace at Southampton one game week, didn't he? Like, I feel like he's, he's, he's capable of, of he's scoring a, like yeah, he's, multiple he's goals. A, in he's a, a real Marcus Alonso. He's <laughs> real Marcus Alonso. Uh, just speaking of Capu, though, that Middlesbrough game, the burger, Capu could have had a hat trick in that game, and I, I, I think he he's just true to form there as a as a bench midfielder. Couldn't yeah, get it totally. done. It was really frustrating for all of us who have been suffering with Capu for the last two months. I think he's almost down to his original price again. I think he's. I think he's at four point seven million. What what a rise and fall for Capu. I mean, I think he was up to like five point four million at one Any point. Any money I have made this season, I have like almost. I've lost all of it. I'm almost like in the hole. I think my team value is like seventy two yeah. right now. Yeah, FPL. It's like the house, right? It's like yeah. it always it always wins in the end. It doesn't matter how much you're up. Something's going to happen, and you're going to lose all your. All your value. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to topic number three, our final topic, uh, defenders. Um, yeah. Game Week 21 was like yeah. the week of defenders. There were, I mean, premium defenders like Alonzo going bananas. And then you had like your your pickup, your transfer this week was Colin Chambers, which right. you talked about in last week's pod. And he ended up getting a cleanie and a bonus for you. So the budget yep. defenders were doing it as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I was thrilled with with. I mean, four point seven or four point four million, uh, seven points. It was it was a perfect transfer. Uh, you know, I, I took out a player who you know wasn't playing and uh, won't play for a couple of matches. I'm actually, I mean, I'm like walking a real tightrope right now because I, I really need Ellen Yam to get clearance from uh, yeah uh, from Cameroon to play. I mean, what are they doing? To the, what are the <laughs> what is going on with that country? Like it's. You'd think Donald Trump was the president or something. I mean, complete, complete mess over there. Um, so I, I don't know what the deal is. Also, I don't, I'm not really sure. If you don't get selected from your team, why the hell do you need FIFA clearance to play for your squad? Like, I, you know, I, I'm sure they didn't select him because he didn't want to play for the squad. But he's not in the he's not in their Acon squad. So why can't he play for West West Brom? It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, I don't quite get it myself. I guess it's all rules just to keep players from basically. Uh, giving the V to their national team so they can make money. 
So right, like 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 that's some kind of crime. Or like FIFA wants the best players to be at their tournaments, therefore they have to instate all these crazy draconian rules to keep the best okay. players at those tournaments. Yeah, I, I mean, I know I know the African Cup of Nations has been around forever, and it's like the oldest international tournament, but they do hold it in the middle of a season. You know, sure. it's like in the middle of like every, you know, I, yeah, I don't that's know. That's going to be I, the I World know, Cup in, a, in about eight years. Yeah, that's true. And I, I know it's their summer. I mean, I don't mean to be like totally culturally, you know, um, uh, insensitive here, but uh, just come on. Like you don't name your squad, <laughs> let him play for his team for the sake of my own personal fantasy team, if nothing else. <laughs> All right, before we talk about um, some of these other defensive options, I really feel like you're on a roll here today, Josh. And Gabrielle Marchetti, I think this is Gabrielle Marchetti's uh, uh, cat, actually tweeted at us. It says, my friend is encouraging me to get Zabaleta. Would you give in to peer pressure, or should I just eat this friend? Eat your friend. Yeah, eat, eat your him. friend like a like a piece of cake and a Lewis Carroll story. <laughs> I think I have to tack on the Weird Al Yankovic song at the end of this podcast. Just eat it. <laughs> uh, no, you can't bring in Sabaleta because he, you know, you don't know if he's going to play with any kind of consistency. I mean, is he going to keep playing in the? I was talking. I, I wish I could remember who it was on Twitter. Uh, I feel bad because he's someone we talk to a lot on Twitter. But uh, do you want to pause yeah, it I mean, and look it up? No, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's basically playing in the, like, Aaron Ramsey role. How is it even po- – I mean, this team has Nolito. They have Jesus Navas. I mean, unless they're, like, a bunch of injuries I'm not aware of. I, well, how for, in the world? For, Fernandinho would be the guy I think that he's filling in for, though. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy. It's sort of like a double pivot with Yaya. But Zabaleta I mean, was just getting up so far. Sané couldn't play in that role or – Nolito. Nolito. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I know Nolito is more of a forward. Maybe you rejigger your, your attack. I don't know. It, how in the world that seemed like the best idea is, is just crazy to me. Like, it's like, it's like he's given up on the season and he's just experimenting with different formations for next year or something. <laughs> for, for, for just a white paper that Pep is, is putting together. He's just experimenting yeah, he's, for the he's sake. He's coming to the, the Sloan Sports Conference this summer and he wants to be on <laughs> different formations. Uh, all right. So, Eric, who, are, who, who are the uh, who are the must own uh, defenders for you right now? Maybe they're they're just clubs where you feel like you yeah. need ownership. That's a good question. Okay. Well, I think um, okay. So let's go let's go two high and one low. So I, I think we could probably even even have a consensus here. Uh, I think that uh, you need you need a Spurs defender. You need a. Chelsea defender. Those are the only two teams that, I mean, even even uh, Man United. I'm not quite as sold on their defense. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Spurs, Spurs and Chelsea, and then the, the, those are mine at least. And then uh, in the lower tier, I might actually go with uh, Middlesbrugger. You, you know, I just their team is is playing in a Leicester model, right? They're just mm-hmm. going to nil nil their way to safety this year. And their run of fixtures coming up, it's West Ham, West Brom, then they have Spurs in game week 24, but then after that's Everton, Palace, Stoke. It's it's not bad. And no, for, it's, for it's guys bad. like George Friend and, and Callum Chambers, who are sub 4.5 defenders and nailed on, you've got to like that value. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and I'm 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 with you on the Chelsea Spurs call. I mean, we would always dabble with Arsenal defense, but that's just never paid off this season. Yeah, uh, they've got Burn, Burnley and Watford both at home in the next two game weeks, and you know if you were if you are on a wild card, maybe 
Bellerin is meant to be back from injury. I, I saw a dinnery tweet uh, that he's going to be back. So that'll shore up their defense a little bit. And, and uh, but, but still, they've, yeah. they've been very leaky this season. They've been very leaky this season. I mean, I, I, I have Montreal, uh, my team still, and, you know, he, <laughs> I mean, the guy doesn't pick up like any bonus points, but he, he, you know, he's, I, I, I got the six. I like the fixtures. I, I'm not going to drop him imminently. Uh, but I, he'll certainly be out of my team by game week 24, 25, I would say yeah. 20, I guess 25, they're home to hall. So that dude by is game one week of the 20, strangest by, by, players in the, in the premier league. Like, Montreal. Yeah. Montreal. It's just an odd fit for that Arsenal team. And he's like, he seems competent, but he never seems that good. I don't know. I know. He's, he, this, he wears his sleeves really long, like 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 he's like one of those running. Like it's it's a weird. It's weird the way they hang off the end of his arms, and then and then he'll he'll get great positions like right in front of goal, and then it's just some of the worst crosses you'll ever see. I mean, just crosses to the opposing team's goalkeeper, just again and again and again. I mean, the the connection, the mind meld that he has. With the hands of the opposing teammates, goal, opposing team's goalkeeper is amazing. I mean, it's really it's it's Vulcan esque. It's it's very it's terrific. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is a Vulcan quality to Montreal. All right, El Magico tweeted at us. He's got a formation issue, which we were talking about earlier. Uh, he asked three four three three five two four four two uh, with the likes of Alonzo Walker, Rose, Baines, or Daniels playing four at the back is compelling. So he does mention Baines here, and we we did not bring up Everton in our list of of kind of must have defenses. But Everton has a great run with Palace, Stoke, Bournemouth, Berger, and Sunderland in the next uh, five game weeks. So why not? I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I, sure. I mean, uh, I mean, Funes More. I I guess he's he's. I'm looking at his his minutes played. It's not. So he's missed a couple of games, or I guess he hasn't started a couple of games. Yeah, Jag- Jagielka would be slotting in for him, and I, I feel like um, Kuman is trying to gently nudge Jagielka out of the squad because he has had right. having a terrible season. Right. But he's so important to that club, I think, as the captain that they don't want to just drop him John Terry style. Right. If if Funes Mori were able to lock down that role, then I like him a lot at four point six million. Yeah, Ashley Williams is five million. I mean, Baines is not bad value at five point five million. I, I had him during like a run where he couldn't keep a clean sheet mm-hmm. uh, earlier this season. So I, maybe I'm not as high on him, but I don't know. I think uh, I, I don't see the defense as essential. That's for sure. I mean, I, I do. I, you know, I, I understand the appeal of Baines because he's on penalties, but um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be like burning forward to bring in an Everton defender. Yeah, uh, Eric Medbo on Twitter says, uh, is Robles back for good? Now, speaking of Everton, Robles has had, uh, he's been starting in goal the last uh, four matches for Everton. Yeah. And let's see, he's priced at 4.7. That's just not quite cheap enough for me to mess around there because I think Stecklenburg was out with an injury. And Coleman, he he loves uh, Stecklenburg, as we all know. Yeah, and you just know there's going to be some match where Everton concede three, and suddenly Steckenberg's back in that squad. So, uh, I, I for good, it's just, it, it's impossible for us to say. I yeah. so I assume he's. I don't know. I, if I were to guess, I'd say no, he's not back for good. Yeah, but uh, back to El Magico's question about formation. I was thinking about this um, three five two versus four four two. If you were looking at going with two two premium strikers. 
And I have to say, like, I would go 3-5-2 every time. There's just so much uncertainty with defenders week to week, whether yeah. they're going to keep a clean sheet or get any points at all. So 3-5-2 is just the safe bet. And, you know, looking at a guy like Charlie yeah. Daniels on, on Bournemouth, that's it's not a reason to do four in the back in my mind. What about a 4-3-3? That could be kind of interesting. Yeah, I like, suppose so, yeah. Four, four defenders – Three midfielders, three top forwards, um, and then two cheapies uh, at the end, like a Junior Stanislaw and Morgan Schneider one. That that would maybe work. And then you could have like, who would you want in your like in a three man midfield? You want Alexis Sanchez. You'd want a Spurs midfielder, and yeah. you want a little midfielder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do like a say, Sanchez, Lalana, Erickson. Right, or Sanchez, and then, Coutinho, Erickson, or Ollie. and then you, yeah, and then you could have like one or two Spurs defenders, one or two, like yeah, not four of these players, but one or two Man City defenders. Ah, Man City, no, <laughs> no, that, I misspoke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to eat you if you keep talking about Man City. <laughs> yeah, Man City. You could have like you could have like Phil Jones, Marcus Alonso, uh, Leighton Baines, and. Danny Rose or something like that. And uh, that would be kind of a cool team, actually. And then you have Ibra, Kane, and Lukaku as your forward line. All right, somebody out there, try it. Try this avant-garde team structure and tell us yeah, if it try works to, or try not. To, yeah, exactly. I'm not sure if that money works at all, but I, I think it would. Uh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Magico. That, that, your question is too complicated. I need like a slide <laughs> to like figure out these <laughs> different permutations. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we we did it back to front. Uh, strikers, yeah. midfield, defenders. I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling like we've got the lay of the land here. Right, we've got a few miscellaneous questions here. Let's just take let's just take one. Let's take one of these four, Brandon. Oh, okay. Hmm. I like. This. Oh, let's go. I. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. I <laughs> I was cheated and just pick one myself. Go ahead. Well, love, maybe I'm going to pick the same one. Crosif uh, on Twitter asked uh, worst best haircuts of FPL players. That is what I was going to pick. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I was actually thinking about this this weekend, watching um, the magical Tom Davies uh, have just like a in fuego on fire performance against Man City. But he does have the worst haircut. This like like it's the most awkward length for long hair. You kind of look like a girl <laughs> and he has this like this really crappy yeah. beard that he's got going on. Yeah, he looks like a character in the movie Everybody Wants Some, the Richard Linklater movie that came out last <laughs> <Yes>. year. <laughs> like he probably shows up to practice with like a giant uh, like Sony Walkman and those like foamy <laughs> yeah. uh, headphones to listen have, to his cassette Have you his seen that yet, tape. by the way? It's, I, I love that movie. I, I don't know if you've seen yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, I like Leroy Sané's haircut a lot. I think he looks pretty cool. He does. He's got a treasure troll, like a cool, a cool-ass treasure troll thing going on. Yeah. Uh, I I don't like Kevin De Bruyne's hair at all. No, he's got he's got to do something with that. Though I think I think Raheem Sterling on Man City, uh, he's he's gone through many different hairstyles, but I think he's got the best version going right now. It's like he's trying to see how high he can get his <laughs> hair to go, and I want I, I want him to keep going. Let's all right, go we're higher. dancing on we're dancing around the obvious question here, Brandon. There's an elephant in the room. That elephant, Olivier Giroud. Is his hair cool or is it uncool? Uh, I think his hair is cool. I think he's 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 got a pretty good thing going with the hair. I think and the it beard. says. I think it says something about you that you think his hair is cool. 
Like it? it says, it, it's, it says something. Like I'm a metrosexual or something like that. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, <laughs> I, 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 I don't like it cause I think he's trying too hard. It, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. I need, I want my players to have hair like the anonymous defenders on Bournemouth. I don't even <laughs> yeah. know. I don't even know what they look well, like. Well, even Alexis, all... <laughs> Alexis Sanchez has this non haircut haircut and there are days where he's on the pitch and it looks like he's like he slept with a hat on. He's got a little bit of bedhead going on. He he doesn't care, and I think that's great. Uh, I don't. I know I don't like Mezzanozel's haircut. I'll say that much. I don't think I like the haircut on any of the Arsenal players. To be totally honest, uh, I mean, uh, Baron's hair looks kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like what I don't like the whole <laughs> the whole new look that he's going for. Mustafi <laughs> kind of has like a workman like. Haircut. Okay, Mustafi's hair. I don't mind. Okay, we should we should move on. This we, I could I could I could <laughs> literally whoa, 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 go. What about, what about Peter Check? He's just got a. He just he he just wears a hat. He cuts uh, through all the nonsense. Yeah, that's true. That's More hats. He he is he broke through to the other side. Peter Check. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is insane. We should take a quick break. We'll come back and we can preview game week twenty two with captains, clean sheets, and uh, our potential transfers for the week. Right. Same old podcast, always shaming. Game week 22. It's kind of strange, a little a little melancholy because it's the last game week for for like the next the following week. There's another round of uh, FA Cup matches, and then and then there's like a, a round of midweek fixtures after that. It's like we're, we're, I need. I want a normal stretch again. You know, I don't want things to be so weird all the time. Yeah, it has been like nothing but weirdness for most of the season. We're just coming out yeah. of like the the jam packed festive fixtures and all that crap. Yeah, yeah and there were some midweek December games there before, even before that. So, all right, but we got an interesting game week. We got a real um, th- this game week could produce some pretty high points totals as well. I think. Um, it's uh, a lot yeah. of teams, a lot of very good teams are home to very bad teams. Yeah, Sunday in particular is is looking like a big one with Arsenal at home hosting Burnley and Chelsea is hosting Hull. So, uh, yeah, uh, those, yes. I think those are the captain options right there, Arsenal and Chelsea. I mean, Ibra away to Stoke. Lee Grant, one hell of a goalkeeper. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put money on United scoring against Stoke, but... Oh, I, I I think you could bet on him scoring almost any game week right now, but uh, yeah, I think if I were okay, so my, let's let's oh, go. Also, let's go. Liver, Liverpool playing against yeah, you you run through the fixtures for yeah. us, Josh. Yeah, so we've got a clean sheet pick, Brandon. Uh, I'm going to pick a Liverpool clean sheet at home to Swansea. Oh wow, Simon Minnelli getting now, his clean sheet uh, bonus. Now. Honestly, I could have picked like four different teams here. <laughs> I mean, who's your, what's your pick? Yeah, I was trying to um, not pick Chelsea or right. Arsenal. Ars- I, me too. Yeah, I I have some inkling that United might keep a clean sheet away at uh, Stoke. So that's and, possible. I, th- I think that uh, Southampton could keep a clean sheet uh, hosting Leicester. Oh God, Southampton suck. <laughs> and yeah, that's me. Uh, me being a burned uh, Cedric Suarez owner, um, but they like no. they are in relegation form right now. Yeah, that team's a bit of a mess right now. Though Lester, uh, there's Lester is tons also of injuries and want away defenders. It's just it's not a, and they, they've traded away so many players. It's just not a not a good time to be I'm a so confused Southampton that, supporter. Uh, Virgil Van Dyke was the one picked to be taking off, and it looks like he's. Or maybe he's just better at not showing his hand, unlike his counterpart Jose Font. 
No, it's so weird. Why, why not wait till the end of the year? It's like the same thing with Dimitri Pyatt. Like, wait four months, guys. Like, come on. Like, you can't you can't tough it out through through May. Like, your your teams are not doing very well. Like, why don't you? St- I don't well, know. I mean, are they the- gonna like if they're like Pyatt, who's so. Um- that's that's such a disgusting story. I'm so. What does is, is he think that he's going to go to United and slot into that midfield? I mean, he he could, but yeah. um, I mean, yeah, he's just on a team that sucks, and he wants to get out. And you know, he I mean, he signed a four year contract extension last year. I mean, come on, like I know contracts don't mean anything in the league, but let's not pretend that you're leaving for any reason other than not wanting to be on a squad that isn't going to compete for anything this year. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. It just seems like a slightly dishonorable to me, and would really leave them in the lurch if he if he left. Yeah. Okay. So it looks like Liverpool and United are our clean sheet picks, but obviously Arsenal and Chelsea look very, very yeah. good favorites there. Captains. I am thinking about Hazard for this week. Now, I've, yeah, I've got Sanchez and Hazard both in my midfield, but I feel like yeah. I'm feeling like uh, Chelsea might just steamroll these guys. I'm leaning towards Hazard as well. Actually, I think I think he's maybe the best. I, you could argue that the problem is it's hard to know which Liverpool player to pick. Yeah, given that Coutinho is just back right now. Given that Firmino hasn't done too much, well, Lana might just, be the easiest pick there, but he's yeah, not, he's just not a captain option. I feel, and he's battling an injury right now too, right? So oh, he might okay. not. Yeah, so he might not play either. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think Hazard is the way to go there. But you know, I think you, uh, you could go with Ibra, you could go with uh, Sanchez, and uh, you know, I think those all be fine. I mean, honestly, I think I mean maybe a Spurs player. Sure, why not? Uh, even even a Man. Yeah, I mean that would be a, a bit of a maverick move. But I, I don't. I you've seen nothing from this Man City defense to think that they can stop Spurs from scoring a couple of goals. Yeah, the Spurs game comes at a terrible time for City. I mean, if they yeah. if they get stonked by by Spurs, it's just going to be huge problems for them. Yeah, uh, transfers. I I probably have to burn four this game week. I have to start getting rid of some dead weight. Yeah. Uh, the Benteke thing, you know, complete disaster. Uh, to- and I just held on. You know, I I actually I, I kind of went against my rule, which is something I talked about earlier this season. I got a new rule that I settled on the, when I, when I held on to uh, Raheem Sterling for too long earlier this season, which is just that if you've got a mediocre player, you can't hang around for the fixtures to get better. You just got to yeah. dump them, you know, if they're in bad form because mediocre, mediocre fixtures don't fix mediocre players. They, you know, they're still mediocre. And, uh, I mean, Benteke, I mean, the guy is like, he's clearly favoring his shoulder. He like wouldn't jump for balls, you know, like he was basically playing with his feet, you know, nailed to the ground <laughs> and Bente- Benteke that, that, that isn't jumping and trying to get headers. <laughs> it's not very valuable. That's no uh, Benteke that I want to know. Yeah. So Benteke and Sigurdsson are probably going to go. Uh, and I just have to figure out whether I want to bring in like a Lukaku type or if I want to, Actually, bring in a cheap, def- like a like a, and really like commit myself to it. You know, a a three five two or maybe the four three three. Maybe maybe that's like a, the way for me to go. The only problem okay. there is I need to make a lot of moves. That uh, for me to have a four three three, that's like six moves. Like it might be like a wild card yeah, situation. Right. Yeah, I got I got the sense that you were talking yourself into that earlier in the pod. No, I just think it's interesting. You know, I I any like this is my problem is that like I'm I'm just I'm more it's. I'm more intrigued by doing things that are interesting than I am by like 
being the, like by scoring as many points as I possibly can. Yeah. And it's, it's costing me points. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, maybe next year I just try to score as many points as I possibly can again. And I stop trying to be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's less an art project, more just a game. Yeah, exactly. So what's your, uh, what's your move? Uh, yeah, my transfer this week is basically me just deciding what kind of team I want to have. I have a few issues that I was hoping to sort of, um, make headway in dealing with this past game week. And when the Costa thing came up, I, I was planning on actually burning some points last in game week 21, which I ended up not doing because I just couldn't figure out what to do, where to go. Yeah. And so now here I'm looking at maybe shipping Origi and figuring out what I want this team to look like in game week 23. Basically, I need to start making room for Spurs players. Priority right. is uh, is is Ali Erickson, Kane, and a Spurs defender, and so just figuring out how to rejigger my team to make that work. And the Lukaku is is a Plan B for strikers, right? Because he's so much cheaper. So what am I going to do this week? It's probably not going to be sexy, and it's just going to be trying to move some cash around to free me up going into game week twenty three, and. I'm, I suspect I'll be burning points too to make that happen. Yeah, me too. I, I think I think it's worth it though in this case. I mean, I, you know, at some point you just have to start getting rid of those underperforming players, you know. And if it takes four points to do it, then then it does. Because otherwise, you're just going. You're just holding on with these two points game week in, you know, game week in, yeah. game week out. I would yeah. suggest that this is a good week to burn points, particularly if you have Arsenal and Chelsea assets, because. They or Liverpool, for that matter. Like you could be yeah. getting a lot of points from those key fixtures that should free you up to like to burn some points and not totally crucify yourself in your mini. Yeah, I mean, if Costa, you know, says I'm healthy, I'm recommitted, I'm ready to play. Suddenly, Costa is kind of a differential option. I mean, I know I know his ownership is still crazy high because. You know, there's like the people who listen to FPL podcasts and there's everybody else. Right. And like, yeah, who, uh, he who, was like the most captain player this game week, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I don't think that, um, I think a lot of people still have him, but I think that, um, a lot of smart savvy managers who are probably at the top of your mini leagues probably don't have him right now. And, uh, so, you know, if he does play, then he's an interesting caption option, but I don't actually know how I'd be able to bring him in. I, I would have to drop Cuero to do that, which, Honestly, I'm fine with, but then I'm like burning eight, and I don't know. Yeah, that's that's too much. So it is curious. So we'll, I mean, the, the the whole fixture is huge uh, for this discussion. But then in game weeks 23 and 24, it's Liverpool and Arsenal. So, I mean, maybe yeah. you can live another week without Costa and start planning to bring him in in game week 25 when they've got Burnley, Swansea, West Ham coming yeah, up. It's true. We'll have more. You know, we'll know more about that squad by then too. So. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Yeah, there we go. Game week 22. Brandon, people can find us. Oh, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I, I kind of talked myself into a better mood, Brandon, as I <laughs> yeah. said to you offline a moment ago. I, I starting to, 90 minutes of FPL talk really cheered me up a little bit. So I'm glad, glad we get it. I'm glad that us and the, uh, that, that me and the always cheating community could do that for you, Josh. Cause Oh, they were cheating. You do that for thousands of people yourself week, <laughs> week to week. 
Well, you know, the community is great and uh, Facebook and Twitter and emails and everything. It's, it's, it's really, it's awesome. And uh, hopefully people enjoy it uh, themselves. Yeah. Uh, so if you enjoy it, uh, you know, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can leave us a review. That'd be great. Uh, but just subscribing and telling your friends is, uh, is what we'd like the most. Uh, so you can find us on SoundCloud. That's kind of, that's, that's where all the podcasts, that's where it's sent out. That's kind of the home for us. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, and TuneIn. I like that. If you want the podcast at its hottest, like fresh out of the oven, <laughs> like Sound, SoundCloud is, yeah. where, is where it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and you can also follow us on social media where you can participate in that community that Josh was just talking about. Find us on Twitter, at Cheaters. Facebook, uh, it's facebook.com slash always cheating, or send us an email if you have some lengthier thoughts. It's hailcheaters at gmail.com. Also, uh, we should mention don't forget to join the Hail Cheaters Super League, where we have more than a thousand FPL managers competing every week. You can still join, it's never too late. The uh, league code is on our website, alwayscheating.com, and on all of our social media. And uh, support the podcast. Support us at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Patreon.com slash always cheating. And that's where we invite our listeners to help us offset the cost of doing this podcast week on week. We have a special mid-season league that you can join retroactively if, uh, if you subscribe to our Patreon page. And we have extra goodies that come out periodically, like bonus podcasts or, or the pins that we're mailing out yeah. and all that stuff. It's much appreciated, yeah. everyone. Just we, donated. We've actually added four new patrons in the last week, which is, which is fantastic. So uh, thank you to, uh, to all of you and uh, to, to Brent Nunkus, Daniel, Sher- uh, Daniel Sherwood, Gabriel Castellanos, and uh, Bjark Walth Helgeson. Uh, much appreciated, guys, and thanks to everyone else who's who's uh, pledged to support the podcast. Awesome. All right, Josh. Hail cheaters. Hail Mobakani. Have mercy. Is there another one? I, I was on the Patreon page. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll do it. See you next week. All right. See you next week. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com